hello. Welcome back to the Sober Bartender Podcast, the show where we recover from life. I'm your host, Brandi Kelly. So if you're new to this podcast, if you're new to this show, I just like to go over kind of what we do here. This show started in January and it started with my sober story, started with kind of this, you know, deep dive into how I got here. And I've talked to and interviewed several different people, some in the recovery community, people that are attempting to relieve their suffering, people that are walking through the fire. You know, there's there's suffering in all of us, and that manifests in a lot of different ways. And, you know, we, we attempt to relieve our suffering, sometimes through drugs and alcohol, which is my experience, also through people. You know, some people do that in healthy ways through exercise. Um, there are also unhealthy ways to relieve your suffering through exercise, through restrictive eating, you know, phone addiction, shopping, what it all boils down to is that we are all going through something. And I feel like having a show where we bring light on those things that we keep in the dark kind of sheds a little bit of light on those parts of us and lets us know that we're not alone and that there is a way and not every way is going to be your way. Like you're not going to identify with every person that you hear who may have a similar circumstance. Um, but there, there is a lid to every pot. Like eventually you do hear yours. And um, I find a little bit of myself in each and every person that I meet some good and some bad, but <laughs> it's definitely there. So I want to talk, I want to talk about quitting drinking and what that looks like in the early days. Because, um, since starting the podcast, I have talked to quite a few people that are ready to, they're ready to investigate their relationship with alcohol. So we won't say they think, you know, they're wondering if they're alcoholics or they're thinking that they're alcoholics. We're going to leave that word out, um, because you know, there's only you can determine if you're an alcoholic. And also, you know, according to Alcoholics Anonymous and alcohol, alcoholism is a disease and it can only be subdued one day at a time through the, you know, through the 12 steps in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. And we're kind of, we're zooming out and looking through a broader lens. So, Let's just say that you have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol and you're curious what that looks like on the other side. Because I can tell you that for me, I was sure that life was over if I quit drinking. Like I could not imagine any activity without drinking because I thought it made everything better, even though a lot of times it kind of made everything worse because of the way that I drink. But I know that that's not the case for everyone. I know that some people can drink without blacking out and still have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. So we're not here to judge how anyone drinks or how they live their life. Mainly, if you don't like how you're doing something, then I'm just kind of here to help you find a way out, if that makes sense. So it starts with making a decision. Like initially, you have to decide 
that that's what you want. And um, it's one of the toughest decisions, right? Like I want to quit vaping and I haven't been able to make that decision. So I've done a lot of silly things like let myself run out of like vape juice or, you know, promised myself that tomorrow, you know, it's, it's, it's similar in all of our addictive, all of our addictive patterns of like the just one more or, you know, I'll start tomorrow's or I'm, I got, um, I got some zero nicotine like vape juice so that that way I can still have the coping mechanism of vaping. But in reality, like that would be the, the alcohol equivalent of, oh, well, I've got this, you know, O'Doul's or I've got this N.A. beer. It's not wrong. It's just if you're making the decision that this thing no longer serves you and you no longer want to be a slave to it and it's causing you suffering, then it's building up to making that decision to set it aside. So big decision, but number one is make a decision. So if you're on the fence, it's going to be really hard. And if you're like me, you're going to continue to do silly things until you get to the other side of the fence where you no longer want to do that thing. So once you've made the decision, there are varying degrees of of uh, severity. You know, the alcohol is an addictive substance. I will just talk on alcohol because although there's substance abuse in my past, like alcohol was the main thing that I couldn't get away from. So if you've already listened to the podcast, you know, I had to go to a chemical detox the first time around. I was physically addicted to alcohol. So the most recent time I quit drinking, which was almost two and a half years ago, uh, I did not. I did not have a physical dependency on alcohol. I was not going through withdrawals. I just had a very unhealthy relationship and knew where my drinking would take me. What it took for me is making the decision and then figuring out what to do with my time. So if you drink after work every day or you, let's say you drink on the weekends, one of the first things that you need to decide is what are you going to do with that time? Like, how are you going to fill that time that you would normally drink. And there's a lot that that entails, like the mind game of, oh, all my friends are going to do this and I can't do that. I'm missing out. So if you're still thinking that you want to do that and that you can't, then you're going to have a hard time. You're going to feel a lack. You're going to feel like something's missing. So what I recommend people do when I first start working with them is sit down and figure out what your goals are. What do you want to do? What do you want to do that you haven't been able to do? Um, You know, do you want to go to school? Are you wanting to plant a garden? Are you wanting to, you know, read a book? Are you, you know, is there like a specific, what specific things? And if you don't have a goal, let's set one. So I like to start there as far as the time goes, because, you know, idle hands, (laughs) You know, that's where you could be led to a lot of trouble because people get bored or people have things come up in their life that are painful. And alcohol is a way to not feel the, you know, the entire brunt of those feelings. So you need a plan after your decision. You need a goal, uh, multiple goals. And so I, uh, 
I like to tell people, like, look at that time that you're getting to yourself as your time to work on yourself. You're not taking something away. You are filling up your cup. You're filling up your life with things that you actually want to do that you couldn't do because your priorities were elsewhere. So if you're pursuing recovery, which I highly recommend any kind of recovery, you know, there's 12-step and AA recovery. There's recovery dharma. Um, I recently have transitioned from AA to recovery dharma. And, you know, there wasn't a meeting here until someone made their made a meeting here. Um, but there are plenty of online groups and that incorporates meditation, um, the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. And it's uh, it's not just for addicts and alcoholics. It's for people that are suffering and offers a path out of suffering. So I highly recommend that. Um, for people who are not necessarily on a spiritual path, there is smart recovery. And that's more of educational variety. Yeah, so that that's more like you get into the cognitive behavioral therapy that helps with emotional regulation, which many of us don't have. Like being the sober bartender, I encountered that. I encounter that every week at work. But, you know, this past week was, you know, it was pretty challenging with customers like unable to regulate their emotions and these big emotional outbursts. And while I see what they're doing, I don't necessarily want to participate in what they're doing. Like I don't, (laughs) I, uh, yeah, we don't get to decide though. We don't get to decide what challenges and lessons we encounter. We just get to decide how we respond to them. And so, yeah, Somebody lashing out and, you know, through my eyes looked like, you know, just a hurt little kid in the body of a grown man with alcohol in his system. Um, You know, I did my best to handle the situation with love and tolerance and kindness and compassion, despite my ego and my past conditioning, thinking you don't know who the fuck I am. But I know who I am, and so I responded with who I am today instead of who I have been in the past. Anyway, emotional regulation is important because we have not, we haven't learned how to deal with things. So I talk about this quite a bit on the podcast. If every time you have a feeling or if every time something comes up, you pour a drink on top of it, you're not going to have the skills to deal with life on life's terms. You don't know how to celebrate and you don't know how to grieve and you don't know how to process what's happening because everything feels too big and you've taken out that one solution that you had. And so that's where you insert recovery and that gives you the solutions to deal with all of those things. So recovery doesn't necessarily get you sober. That's more treatment. Uh, but recovery helps you learn how to live sober. When it comes to those, when it comes to those modalities, there are several. So get curious, like get on your phone and just start looking for what is out there because there are people that are ready and willing to show you what they've learned 
And it just, it doesn't have to be as hard as we make it. Like it doesn't have to be that hard. It's just a matter of having someone who understands when something comes up, you being able to pick up the phone and call and say, Hey, I'm in it. And then being able to like listen and not fix and, you know, validate and comfort and show you some compassion and some kindness. And so I do highly recommend recovery. There are people that, you know, their unhealthy relationship with alcohol isn't that bad and they have a full life. And, you know, for those people, like they still, I I believe they still have, you still have to fill your time. And so Like I say, I do recommend just sitting down and making that list of like, what do I do? Like I hear people say, what about my friends? Like I'm going to miss my friends. You can do things with your friends. And if you have good friends and they know how important this is to you, I guarantee you they want to support you. Like give your friends a chance to show up and support you. So like, what do you want to do that doesn't involve drinking because you don't just have to go around the friends and sit there sober while they get hammered like you can plan things morning things like going for a walk or you know checking out a new restaurant for breakfast or you know watching a movie or xyz you don't have to just show up and be around them like you can let them show up for you there's the the topic of whether or not to let people know. People don't want people to know because they're ashamed or because they don't want judgment or because they don't want people to, yeah, I guess that falls into judgment. Like, let's say, you know, what if I stop and then I start again and then people are going to judge me? The more people that you tell, the less hiding places you have. So you're setting yourself up for for success if, like, we're in the industry. So let's say, you know, you're in the food and beverage industry and you go to 10 different bars in a month. Like, each of those places should know that this is your plan and that you don't plan to drink. Not because they're going to stop you, because... If you want to drink, you're going to find a way. And if you don't want to drink, you're going to find a way not to. Right? So not like these aren't like fail safes, like, but it does help to have that much more support because I guarantee you almost every bartender that I've ever met at some point has been like, man, I wish I didn't drink like I do. Not that they don't necessarily wish that they were sober, but they kind of wish that they had a better relationship with alcohol. Um, moderation is just not something that I have experience with. So I'm not qualified to help people moderate their drinking. Um, I'm just an all or nothing kind of person. And when I've attempted to moderate, I have gone over the edge and now I have no desire to, um, to moderate or, you know, to, to try to do that. Um, another question I get is about other substances. So I've had people on the podcast that have talked about how they do smoke pot or how they do, um, mushrooms or, you know, how they do other things. And like people that I've talked to lately, they're like, is, is that sober? So here's my take on it. If you're in 
a 12 step recovery, if you're, if you're in a recovery program that practices abstinence, then that's not sober because you're showing up to do a specific thing and that doesn't fit in there. So what they basically say is that anything that you put in your body blocks your spiritual channel to your higher power. And so relying on anything other than God defeats the purpose and you just kind of slow your progress and limit your ability to be free. If you're not in recovery, I mean, I think the choice is up to you. I think that this process is all about getting to know yourself and being totally honest with yourself. Like that's the hard part is being really, really honest with yourself. So let's say you casually smoke pot, but drinking is your downfall. So you stop drinking and you know, you struggle with that and you continue to smoke pot, but then you're smoking until you're just bombed and you're just filling that hole with another substance, recognizing that and being able to be like, okay, I've just replaced X with Y, you know, that's part of being honest with yourself and then recognizing that you can't necessarily safely use that substance. But I think that I think that it's more useful and more helpful when it comes from yourself, as opposed to someone telling you, you can do this, you can't do this, but just looking within yourself and go, okay, if I've got these goals that I've set out to do, is this bringing me closer or is this pushing me farther away? And um, that takes time. And I'm not good at things taking time. You know, I want it now like I'm uh, like I want it immediately instant gratification and I know I'm not alone there um but time takes time and after years and years of living a certain way it takes time you know to learn a different way so what I'm learning now instead of guilt and shame uh when I'm in a learning curve or when I'm learning something new about myself, kindness and compassion for myself. My mom always says, you know, when I call her and I'm just beating up on myself and I have just all the doubts and all the fears and all the questions, she says, what would you say to me if I said those things to you about myself? And I tell her all the loving, kind things that I would say. And she says, okay, well, now turn that around and say that to yourself. And that's a hard thing to learn because I've, you know, I went from like in my drinking, like feeling like justified and, you know, I had an excuse for everything. And then in early recovery and in 12 step recovery, there was a lot of like guilt and shame, but at least I'm doing this now. Like, look at what a dumpster fire I was, but now. And now at this point in my recovery, it is showing up. And when things come up that don't feel good, loving that part of myself, like there's no shame. There's none. I'm a a spiritual being. I'm having a human experience. And Char, Char from the Chapel of Spiritual Light, she says, she says, you can't do you wrong. Like your experience of being yourself that you're here to experience, you can't do that wrong. 
And so many of us feel like we've betrayed ourselves or we've, you know, screwed ourselves out of something. And that's never the case because it's all part of the path. It's all part of the experience. Like Ramdas said that one of his big challenges was trying to like bypass his humanness, right? Being this spiritual, spiritually evolved being. And uh, some guru told him, life is a classroom. Like try taking some of the curriculum. So when we zoom out of what we expect and what we think and what we've experienced or what, you know, we're thinking, we're expecting for the future. And if we just come to right now, it's all perfect. If there's, you know, deep pain, grieving, sadness, hurt, but you're just sitting in a chair and you're just listening to this show That's perfect, too. You can love that part of yourself. Everything passes. Even us. Nothing is permanent. Pain isn't permanent. You know, our family, our challenges, our victories. It all comes and goes. You know, like the waves, they just, it comes and it goes. And it's a hard one to remember, but In the moment, that is one of my greatest blessings is that I can remember that this too shall pass. I was, um, I recently started going back to the gym in my twenties in like the 2006 to 12, 13, 14. In that time period, the gym was my thing. Fitness, bodybuilding, you know, I, I just, I was really an avid gym goer and um, the depths of my drinking kind of stopped that. I tried for a while to keep it going, but eventually it just, it didn't fit. I would go, you know, a day or two, but then get thrown off track. So um, recently I, I've been going back and um I got to tell you, it's been a trip. Like the body soreness, my recovery is not the same as it was in my 20s <laughs> as it is at 38. So um active recovery is a must. So I need to, I'm like alternating days with uh, yoga one day because my body needs that stretch and that um that less abrasive movement. But I do have a daily meditation practice and there's something about meditation that has made recovery so sustainable because anything that comes up, I sit with. So it sounds like when you first stop drinking, you're like, how am I supposed to just sit and be quiet and sit with my thoughts? Like I need to stay busy. But it teaches you that your thoughts aren't going to kill you. Like, you know, your your thoughts don't all require a reaction or a response. So your thoughts can come and go and don't require you to do anything. And so sitting, 
for a set period of time, depending on my day, um, you know, anywhere from five minutes to an hour. If I have more time, I am sitting for an hour and just following my breath. And some days, every single thought, you need to renew your tags and you need to empty the dishwasher. And, oh, you never, you know, just every little thing starts popping up. But I just stay in it and just keep focusing on my breath and those thoughts leave. And sometimes I'm able to get clear and just stay focused on my breath. And some days it's just an hour of bing, bing, bing. Um but either way, my I'm able to tell my control my body because my body says we should get up. We don't have time for this. We need to go. You know, maybe we should get a coffee. I need, you know, I need my babe. I need to go and I need to edit this thing. Like all of these things start popping up where my body tells my mind that I need to get up. And sitting through that and staying present and telling my body that my mind is in charge reminds me that I don't need to respond to every single thing. So the reason I brought up the gym is that I noticed it there as well. Because I'm not used to going to the gym. Like I, I'm not in that program yet. So I go to the gym and, you know, I know what to do because of my background. Um, but I'm doing the workouts and I'm like, you know, my brain's tell or my body is telling my mind. After this set, we should just go. You don't want to get too sore. After this set, we should just go. You know, you need to go and you need to have, you know, make lunch or you have this to do or that, you know, just all these reasons. And my mind tells my body, we're not leaving till we're done. And so it's similar to meditation. It's similar to, I don't have to respond to every single thing. And it's those little decisions that give me control over what I'm doing with my life and with my day and with my mind and with my body. Because before I was just so reactionary, you know, I just impulsive. And if I get a thought, then, you know, I just react and run with it. And so slowing down and being able to, being able to breathe and being able to flow, it's very, very helpful. I feel like it's all relative. So taking time to find the things that you like to do. Um, you know, like I want to start doing pottery. I want to start um, like taking cooking classes or learning a new language. Like there are things that I want to do. Um, some people, like I said previously, some people want to go back to school. Some people, you know, want to write poetry. Like there's all these things. My advice is to make an actionable plan. So like write down what those goals are. So you've got the goals. So then what are like the top three that you want to start with? What are the three most important goals? So put those in another column. So what does it take to start each one of those goals? So like you can write out either like a month or a week or a day, but go through and actually list like, okay, I want to take painting classes. So you, you know, write down, I need to research painting classes in the area. And then I need to call, you know, 
I don't like you can not just research them, but then actually contact them and then find out how much it is and then set it up and then make put that into your calendar and then set aside that time to do that thing for yourself. And the neat thing about these things is that these are things that you get to do because you're not doing what you used to do. So finding those things that bring you joy. I frequently think about like when I was a kid, what were my favorite things to do? And I really can't, I couldn't tell you. I know that um, I like was obsessed with new kids on the block and I had this little recorder that had a microphone and I would pretend to interview Jonathan from new kids on the block. And um, so I was like, you know, I really have like a, a vivid imagination when I was a kid. And my aunt Cheryl, she tells me that um, I would have just these wild thing, like these wild scenarios in my mind. And I would make her come and like join in. And so I would have like the story going and she needed to be a character in the story. And if she tried to talk to me, like as her actual self, I would just lose it because, you know, we had to like role play. And so I'm like, okay, Maybe my creative mind, maybe that has, you know, some substance like that I could get back to where I feel like finding the things that bring us joy. Like I love to turn my music up as loud as it'll go when my husband's not home. And while I take a shower and while I get ready, I sing as loud as I can. And I love it. Not right now because I have a sinus infection and (laughs) I can barely breathe and communicate, but, but that's something that I really, really love to do. And when I start getting caught up in my thoughts, I can actually stop myself now and turn that on and go to that place. And so I just feel like every, every thought doesn't require overthinking. And most of the things that we're worried about or that we're focused on don't actually happen or aren't as bad as we imagined. So it's actually our own minds that are causing our suffering. It's our fear from our past experience projecting onto our future. And that's where that present moment comes back. So a big way to fill that time is definitely with meditation or with writing. I recently heard someone say that they they do a brain dump when they wake up in the morning. So they just have a notebook. And when they get up, every single thing in their head, they just scribble it all out. And I'm like, what a cathartic experience. I think I'll try that. Um, because when I wake up, I go right to meditation and then I journal afterward. But a brain dump is a whole different thing. <laughs> like that's just... Like, uh, you know, because bills run through my head and my appointments and my scheduling and my this. But if I could get it all out, then I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have to give it as much energy. Wherever you're at in this journey, like so much of this advice that I'm that I'm giving, I totally need for myself. Like I have a coaching business. I have a service that I am nearly ready to offer to all of you. But there's you know, there's some fear holding me back. And I think, I think I'm sharing this with you so that I hear also that I need an actionable plan of like, 
what do I need to do? Like, I need to set up my website. I need to um, engage with my email list, you know, X, Y, Z. There are all these things that I need to do as well. So I'm not here preaching. I'm just here sharing what, what lessons I think will be helpful for us. So I do encourage all of you, please reach out. Let me know what what you want to hear. Like, what do you need help with? Whether it's, um, you know, finances, whether it's jobs, whether, you know, you want to start a podcast or whether, you know, it's, it's alcohol, whether it's parenting. Um, I've got an infinite amount of resources and people to talk to that I can bring to you. So if you will just like message me, let me know, um, you can find me on the Sober Bartender podcast on Instagram and then on Facebook as Brandy Kelly. But send me a message. There's uh, the Sober Bartender Facebook group as well if you want to join that and start a conversation. You know, I've got specialists in anxiety, in depression, in um, Ayurvedic medicine, in you know, all of these different things. So please let me know what you need and I will bring it to you. If you're struggling, please know that you're going to get through this. You are. Just keep going. Don't give up because you do matter. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad you're alive. I love you guys. Please, if you enjoy this show, please take time to rate, review, follow, subscribe. And that helps us get seen in the algorithm because I think a lot of this information will be helpful to someone somewhere. So help us get seen by doing those things. And I will talk to you guys next week.